Well, amen. Welcome to Overflow Online and what God is doing in our midst is incredible, isn't it? I mean, who would have thought that we could worship in the ways we are and find God in his presence in our homes, in our cars, wherever you might be today. We are so glad that you are with us. And as we get ready to turn into God's word and the message for today, there is no doubt that what we just sang about is absolutely the cry of our heart. I hope it's your, your cry today, that one word from him, one word from the authority of God and his word is what can change us and transform us. And if you're like me, you know we need some changing right now. You know we need some transformation because our world has in many ways gone a little crazy and many of us have even lost our own minds. And the beauty, yeah, I said it, the beauty of this moment and turning to God's word is the fact that his word is authoritative, it is inspired, and it will teach and instruct and prepare us to live the life that God has called us to live. Today I get to encourage you, I get to equip you, and hopefully empower you to live the way Jesus wants you to. And, and the message today, the phrase is, get away. Can you say that with me? We're a talkback church. So online right now, drop a comment, get away. Don't say it to your neighbor. Don't say it to whoever you're walking, watching with right now, but just drop it in there. Let us know you're here. Get away. And then maybe for you, you're thinking about uh, the best getaway you ever had, right? That moment where you got away from everything. And, and right now, in many ways, we live in a time where it feels like that's what the world is telling us, right? Get away from people. Get away and socially distance. Get away from me. You don't have the same beliefs I have. You don't follow the same political party. You don't follow the same people on social media. Get away, get away, get away. Well, what if, in fact, we were getting away in ways that were actually missing Jesus? What, what if, in fact, in this season, God is saying, I want you to get away from some of these things and I want you to get away with me? Uh, back in 2004, uh, in the Olympics, there was a, a rifle uh, competition, and one of the experts, one of the favorites to win it, and he was doing incredible, was a man named Matthew Emmons from the U.S., and in this particular Olympics, he had been doing exactly what everybody had thought he would do. He was hitting all the targets, all the bullseyes, and he went into the final round as not just the favorite, but only needing to get near the bullseye to actually win gold. Amazingly enough, he cross-fired and fired at the wrong target. He didn't realize it in the moment. He fired. He hit near the bullseye. He did everything he needed to do. He thought to win. And yet what happened was he saw the scoreboard register as zero. He thought there was a, a technology error. He thought there was a technical error. And in fact, he found out later what he had done. This picture here shows you his face, which says it all. His face realizing that gold had just slipped away. That he had cross-fired, that he had been aiming at one thing and missed the point and the target completely. You know, as we look at the text today, as we turn to Matthew chapter 7, it is not an easy passage to preach from. 
In fact, I'm excited about it because I believe when we hear some of the things that we wish Jesus didn't say, it's actually going to redirect us. It's going to cross-fire us back to the cross of Jesus, back to getting on point with him and to understanding what it means to get away from some things that might be harming, hurting us or others right now. So let's turn to the text, picking up in verse 12. In Matthew chapter 7, it says, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Last few verses here. Very difficult and challenging to hear. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we've prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Say it with me, get away. From me, you who break God's laws. What does this mean for us today? What is Jesus saying to us? You know, this is in the Sermon on the Mount, this incredible teaching of Jesus that that is a countercultural kingdom. It's a a kingdom that Jesus came to establish, that that his kingdom, his reign and rule works in the life and through the lives of his people. And, And so when we read things like this, Jesus had just told us to ask the authority to pray to him to believe in his goodness and his generosity. And now he's saying, hey, there's some things that when you're a part of my kingdom, it's just going to look different. It's going to look different than the world around you. And as a result, I want you to be faithful and obedient and receive all that I have for you. Uh, Glenn Stassen, a professor, uh, the late Glenn Stassen said this. He said, according to Jesus, there is not authentic Christianity discipleship or Christian ethics apart from doing the deeds he showed and taught his followers to do. We do so, his followers, his church, because we must recall as a joyful response to and participation in God's gracious deliverance and inauguration of the kingdom through Jesus Christ. He's saying, listen, we don't just hear it, we do it. We don't just listen to the word, we obey it because we've been invited into this kingdom that is so much better than the world and what it has to offer us. 
And that gives us joy. That gives us hope. That gives us faith and life and all of the things that are so missing for many of us in this moment in time. So there's four key things that I want to point out today about what this may look like and mean. In Matthew 7, 12, it says this, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. This is known by many of us as the golden rule. And I believe what Jesus is saying to us is get away from negativity and back to neighboring. Come on, that, you, you got to say this with me. Get away from negativity and back to neighboring. You see, many of us have got so caught up in, in whether or not masks should be worn or not worn, politics, whether we're red or blue or who we're voting for. We've got so in to whose side are we on in the debates about racial injustice and, and who matters. And, and in all of these things, there are tensions that Jesus' people need to be willing to love and to lean into and to be neighbors. There is a lot of negativity right now, isn't there? There is a lot of drama. And maybe you look at your own life right now for a moment and you ask the question, am I a drama maker or am I a peacemaker? Am I somebody that is living and loving my neighbor or am I caught up and swept up in the negativity and the division and harming and hurting the people around me? And I know your heart. I believe you don't want to, but I see it in my own life and in the lives of others. It is hard right now to get away from where our culture is trying to pull us. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus has a better way. To get away from the negativity and back to neighboring means we take Jesus at his word. What did he say in Matthew 22? He, he said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Some of us right now need to take an inventory, not just of our actual neighbors, that matters, but our family, our friends, our community. And how can we get away from behaviors that aren't loving to actually love our neighbor? I believe there's exciting days ahead if we'll do this, that in fact we'll discover things about each other that we may not always agree on. But come on, y'all, did you realize we can agree to disagree on a few things and still love one another? Did you know there's room in God's kingdom for disagreement done well and to love each other anyway? We need to get away from some of the negativity, don't we? And to get back to the heart of things, to love our neighbors. Jesus goes on, after he said, treat others as you want to be treated. He says this in verse 13 and 14. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate, the highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. The second point I want to make today is that we need to get away from the destructive path and on to the path of life. That we need to get away from the destructive path, this broad path, this path that leads us towards the enemy's job description. 
In fact, Satan has a job description. It's in John 10, 10. You can look it up to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that path is wide, and there's a whole world, many of us even at times, on that path. And we need to to take Jesus' words seriously and to wake up and to realize that there's a better way. That in fact, Jesus is this, this gateway that invites us in to what it means to experience life as it was meant to be, to, to be, yes, through a narrow gate. Because here, here's what he said in John 14, 6. Again, there's some things that, that we may wish he didn't say, but he said them. And if we take them seriously and apply them, they will change our lives. John 14, 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life No one can come to the Father except through me. That is a message that some of us need to hear and embrace today. That there is a wide path out there, a wide gate. And yet Jesus is saying, hey, if you you enter in through me, you'll experience relationship with the Father. You'll experience life. He's the only way. But but here's the thing, that that exclusivity is meant in this season to create inclusivity, meaning a people that are loving their neighbor and sharing the good news, that are demonstrating that, hey, Jesus said he's the way, and we want you to be a part of that. We want to invite you into that. We want you to experience that. But some of us are living lives that have entered through the gate, but have a foot over there on that path that aren't actually living a life that is according to what Jesus taught. Because here's the thing, God's path, it narrows our options, but it broadens our blessings. You see, think of it this way, It's, it's not that we're just eliminated down to no options or freedom. No, in fact, when we choose Jesus, he opens up all the options. He broadens our freedom. He gives us greater blessings. We're no longer held captive by selfishness and sin and the bondage that is on that dark, wide path. You see, we have to be real about this, don't we? That that path of destruction often is something we're enslaved to. We're enslaved to our sins, our addictions, our hurts, our pains, what others have done to us. And and Jesus is the gateway to a life that broadens our blessings, that frees us from our past and our sins and our hurts and even our current issues and addictions today. He is the way and the truth and the life. He is the path to blessing My heart desires that so much for us. Let me give you an illustration. Because, um, you know, growing up, I didn't didn't necessarily like putting together puzzles. Uh, It it wasn't really my thing. Uh, Recently, we've started doing it because I've learned that, that part of what I didn't like about puzzles is it's slow and it takes time. But it also is something that I've learned to value and appreciate because it means I have time with people I care about. And so a puzzle slows me down in good ways. And here's, here, here's what happened a few weeks ago. Our, our team, our staff here, went on a retreat, and we, we were broken into two teams, and we were given 
two puzzles and we weren't allowed to look at them. We didn't know kind of what was happening in that moment other than we had a a limited time. We were on a timer. And in which of our teams could put more of the puzzle together faster? And so we just kind of went for it. You know, we, we, we went for it in our teams, and, and, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, each of us had a picture, which obviously helps build the puzzle. Think of God seeing the big picture. But here's what was interesting on the team I was on. When we got into the box, we couldn't find any of the edges, we, we actually couldn't find any of the borders. And if, if you know how to put together a puzzle, typically it's easier if you have the borders and the edges and the boundaries first. And, and so it was a little bit chaotic for us. We were trying to build and we were kind of all over the place. And we had a picture of what, maybe what it was supposed to be like. But we were missing the boundaries and the borders that we needed to really make it happen. Do you see how this applies? Our life, often, we are a puzzle, a part of God, a puzzle piece, a part of God's much bigger story and tapestry and and the puzzle that he's putting together. And what God provides us is the boundaries, the borders to say, within this is all of this freedom. I want you to enjoy life, but I also don't want you to fall back onto that destructive path. We live in a culture that wants no boundaries no limits, that's really in many ways lost its moral center, its moral compass. Jesus and his word are meant to be that for us, to guide us into greater blessings as we look to him. The third point today as we look at what Jesus is saying to us is this. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Say this with me. Get away from bad fruit and bear good fruit. All right, if you're still with me online right now, drop a fruit emoji. Drop something in the comments for our live hosts. Let them know you're there. Because what Jesus is saying is, listen, as you look around at the world, as you look around at some of the things that that are happening, you're going to see people that are becoming voices. Uh, Here they're called false prophets, teachers, speakers, things that are sharing things, people that are sharing things. And as they share that, he's saying, listen, you're not to judge in order to condemn them, but you're judging to discern, is that lining up with God? Is their life matching their speech? How many of us could use that right now. I mean, if you walk into the kitchen, right, and have you ever walked up to get a good piece of fruit from from that fruit bowl in your kitchen, and and you go to grab it, and immediately you recognize, oh my goodness, this has been here too long, right? It's got brown spots, it's it's soft, it's it's just kind of gross, right? We recognize bad fruit. And in the same way, what Jesus is telling us is we need to get away from bad fruit 
in order to bear good fruit. So let me keep drilling down and helping you apply this today. Who are you listening to? Who are you allowing to input into your life? What things are you soaking in and marinating in and ingesting, whether it's conversations or online content? What are the things that you're putting in? And are those things bad fruit or good fruit? And some of what we can look for to discern this is outside of that moment, is this a person that is walking in the fruit of the Spirit? If you think of Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23, it, it, it's very clear. There's nine fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, things like self-control. Things that, that when we look at somebody's life, we can see or we cannot see. How many of us have experienced somebody that said, do what I say, not as I do? Right? And, and we kind of sit there going, hmm, Really? Like, like I'm, I'm supposed to do what you say, but not do what you do. See, according to Jesus, the two should sync up. The two should match. Who we are should be the same no matter who's watching, who's paying attention. And we should expect the same of those teaching us and leading us. We should be looking for good fruit in their lives. And so, again, what does that mean for us? Look at what you're ingesting. Look at it in this season as everything feels like it may get more divisive and more politically charged. Make sure you're checking the source and, and calling people to the same kind of accountability that Jesus is talking about here. That actions and speech are matching. We need to get away from bad fruit and bear good fruit. There is a growing divide in our country. There's a growing divide that we need to acknowledge and identify. And, and right now, I, I just want to say this to us, that we are in a season where I believe that, that so much has changed. You know, we're right now not together in church service the way we're used to. And we have a culture that is trying to scream at us and dominate the airwaves and the influence on us. When I was a kid, I can remember sitting in church and I'd hear pastors quite often, this would, would have been in the 80s, so it gives you an idea of my age, and I can remember pastors often saying, yes, America is 87% was the number I always heard, 87% Christian. And I remember watching the news, looking around at the people around me and going, wait, what? You're telling me eight out of 10? or nine out of 10 almost of these people are following Jesus? Because I'm seeing how they're living during the week. I'm seeing the mess we're in. And even then as a kid, I saw a disconnect. You see, then what we had was a form of cultural Christianity. Cultural Christianity is something that, that, that has been a part of our country for decades. People that identify as Christian because it feels like the culture itself does. That in fact, I, I label myself a Christian because that seems popular, the right thing to do, to go along with the crowd. But about 10 years ago, statistics started changing. 
About 10 years ago, it, it, it was no longer cool to necessarily identify as a Christian. Suddenly, you had a generation looking at the fruit, looking at it and going, we're not sure. And so we're called the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. And and the statistic and data-driven rise of the nuns has continued to this day. People that are no longer identifying as Christian that are unsure what they believe. That number is rising. You see, on one side, we had cultural Christianity, and on the other I believe what Jesus is saying to us and wants us to see and respond to today is what it means to be a convictional Christian. Somebody who doesn't just believe in God, but is so convicted that they'll love and follow him. They'll, They'll follow him anywhere. They'll die for him if necessary. That it's a deep conviction that I'm going to follow Jesus. And here's why I bring this up today. Bad fruit, good fruit. We need to recognize the moment we're in because the divide is growing in our country. There is a divide growing and we're losing ground, it feels like. But here's what I want to tell you. If convictional Christians, Christ followers, will begin to really follow Jesus and do that together, we're going to see more ground gained than ever Because we need more of convictional Christianity growing, not cultural. Come on, are you with me? Can you see the difference? We need to get away from bad fruit and to some good fruit. And if you're in this space as a convictional Christian that, yes, Jesus is my center, he's my everything, I want you to hear this loud and clear today. Jesus loves you, you know it. He's gifted you. He's empowered you to be an influencer, to be salt and light in this season. You don't need to wait on the church to regather. You don't need to wait on the church to start a program. You need to be who Jesus has called you to be, to love him and love your neighbor and to show people what it really means to follow Jesus. Here you go. Go get them. It's time. Don't wait on anybody because this moment in time is looking for people like you and me that are following Jesus to rise up and show them what it is really supposed to look like. I'm fired up. I hope you are. The last point comes out of the hardest few verses maybe in all of scripture. In verse 21, Jesus says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. We need to get away from religion and into a relationship with Jesus. You see, when Jesus returns in the end, he's saying there will be people that, that had a lot of religion, that were doing a lot of great things in my name, that were doing good works. They believed in me. They did things for me. They got funding for it. They used their gifts in it. But at the end of the day, they never knew me. Remember, the gate is narrow. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one will come to the Father without me. It is possible to be around the things of God and miss God. 
We've had, uh, by God's grace, two people that have committed or recommitted their life to Jesus in the last seven days. Come on, church. That is exciting. That is exciting. And in both cases, they had been around church, one of them for decades. And in that moment of moving from maybe cultural Christianity, being around religion, it was really the entering into a real relationship with Jesus, that invitation that he gives to all of us that was the game changer for them. And if they're watching right now, either one of them, we are so excited about what God is doing in your life. You've entered into a real relationship with Jesus. And I believe for others right now, that is the invitation today. C.S. Lewis famously years ago said, when you look at Jesus, when you look at what he taught, there's three responses. You come to the conclusion that he's either Lord, a liar, or a lunatic. That when you look at what Jesus said and taught, he's either Lord, liar, or lunatic. And we decide. So what have you decided about Jesus? Have you decided that, yes, he's, he's Lord and I need him in my life? Because that's the invitation. You see, as we get away from religion and into a relationship with Jesus I want to share with you what I believe he's saying to us today in a big way for all of us. He's saying, listen, there's some things to get away from, but I want you to get away with me. I want you to come to me. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. And I believe for many of us, we've been carrying heavy burdens. We've been carrying anxiety and anger. We've been carrying things we weren't meant to carry. We've been trying to hustle for our family or our friends. We've been trying to do good works and love our neighbor in our own strength. Jesus is saying to us today, get away from it. Get away and come to me. Matthew 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. It's time to get away. It's time to get away from things that have been working on us, weighing us down, pulling us apart, separating us from God and his goodness. It's time to get away and to just come to Jesus. To say, Jesus, I've been carrying this and I can't carry it any longer. Maybe for you today, it's you've never received his forgiveness. You've been carrying the weight of your sin and Jesus is saying, come to me, let me take it from you. Maybe for you, you've walked through the narrow gate, but you've been trying to hustle and do things in your own strength, or you're carrying addictive behaviors or anger or wounds from the past or even from the present. Jesus is saying, get away with me today. I've made a way. I've made a way because that's who he is. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way maker. In a moment, we're gonna respond by coming to him to sing that song together, to respond to who Jesus is. And I want to just take a moment and invite you through prayer to come to Jesus, to get away from it all and to come to him. 
If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is your moment. He is the Son of God that died for your sins, that offers you life and life to the full, full forgiveness, eternal life and his spirit to do life with today. Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, you will be saved. It's how we enter through that narrow gate. So right now in this moment, I'm gonna pray. And at the beginning of my prayer, if you've never received Jesus, I wanna invite you to pray that with me today, to just repeat after me. And I'm gonna pray for all of us that we would be able to come to him and get away from it all and experience his rest, his renewal, He has more for you and me and his church in this season. Let's pray together. If you're receiving him for the first time, you can repeat after me. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God that died for my sins and rose again. I ask you today to forgive me of all of my sins. I want to receive your grace and your mercy. Enter into my life. May I be born again and experience your rest and your peace and your joy. I thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for anyone that just prayed that prayer to receive you as their Lord and Savior. Scripture tells us that all of heaven is celebrating right now for even one. And we thank you. God, there are people that are responding to you and giving their life to you. Father, may they sense from head to toe the burden lifting. May they sense your peace, your joy, this new life you've called them into. And Father, for all of us, that are Christ followers, I pray today would be a moment that we never forget, that we hear your voice saying, get away from those things and get away with me. Take me further, follow me down my path for your life. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the way maker. And as we worship you now, we ask that you would lead us into a season of loving you and loving others that would forever change our lives and the lives of those around us. Holy Spirit, have your way. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, if you made a decision to receive Jesus today or prayed, let us know. Comment and our live host are there. They'd love to connect with you. Right now, we're going to go into a time of worship. And so if, you're, if it's safe and you're able, stand and let's worship him together. Because our God is the way maker. And we're going to get away with him in this season. Let's go.